Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We also had to engage in a lot of healing to be able to increase our income, which is why I always tell people, I want to teach you how to self-care your way to financial independence, because you could totally use work as a way to dissociate and avoid, and you can make money that way. You can totally make money that way, but it eventually catches up to you. And I made that intentional decision that I was going to self-care my way to financial independence because I had already knew what it was like to avoid the discomforts of my life, everything I did not like through work. And it caused me to be sick. Last time I was on this episode, I had just been on medical leave for nine months from teaching because my autoimmune issues had blown up. And I was using work as a way to avoid stuff. And now three years later, I've been in so much therapy. And part of the reason that I realized I was having all this inflammation in my body was because I had PTSD. Your girl was not out here trying to deal with the PTSD. Instead, she was working and avoiding it as much as she could. I decided this time around, it wasn't going to be that way. I was going to build wealth and I was going to feel all my feelings and think all the thoughts. And I was going to do it poco a poco but I was gonna do it in a way that was healing versus numbing. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. 
So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Soledad, oh my God, it's been a while, girlfriend, since we've been together on the show. You were episode 17. You went back into the archives and actually found, and you know, I still get so many amazing comments about our episode together. So I'm so glad that we can talk about the journey that you've had since we last spoke, because I think at that point you were just in the cusp. You were the beginning phase of your financial independence journey and a, a lot has changed and I can't wait to talk about it. So thank you for being a repeat guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And you too, amiga. Like you are like 200 plus episodes later. The globe has been real forever, forever proud of you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we are going to definitely link the original episode in the show notes so that you can get to know Soledad's whole like background story because it's like hella inspiring and hilarious and also the longest episode we've ever had on the show because it was like a novella. It was so good. But I want to talk about how your journey has evolved over these past three years. So let's take it back to the origin story, just to give folks a refresher on how did you find yourself now in a position where financial independence was even like on your mind? Well, thanks to you and everyone else, all these women of color who were talking about financial independence. When I was last on the show, I had become debt-free. I paid off about $23,000 in student loan debt, and I had decided that I wasn't going to return to the classroom as a teacher, and I was going to take some time to be a stay-at-home parent. That was in 2020, the pandemic happened and poco a poco wealth para todos grew and it eventually became my business that it is now. However, it was 2020 that I was just focused on building an emergency fund. And I remember in that last episode, like you asked me what was next and I thought it was going to be real estate. And I think like so many of us, we think real estate is the next big move. And it's because I didn't have the confianza to be investing in the stock market. I didn't necessarily think about investing in the stock market as a way to build generational wealth. And mi gente, it's so easy. It's so freaking easy. It's truly the most, the only like really passive form of income. I feel like that you don't have to worry about marketing. You don't have to worry about tenants. You don't have to worry about anything like Investing in the stock market is easy. And so I switched. I decided instead of focusing so much on building generational wealth through real estate to really invest a lot more in the stock market. But in order to do that, I had to build an emergency fund, which was $30,000. And I did not think I was going to be able to do that. So I started Wealth Para Todos to document my journey. 
built the emergency fund and realized, okay, ahora qué? What's next? And so then I wanted to max out my Roth IRA. And for me, my Roth IRA was the beginning of really my financial independence journey. Because as soon as you, you know, I always talk about the four steps to investing. You choose a brokerage firm, you choose an account, you contribute money into that account, and then you choose your assets. For me, that was first through a Roth IRA and then eventually a taxable brokerage account and all of that. That's where my journey went. I got into investing and investing a lot, a lot of money. Husband and I like increased our income and we also had to engage in a lot of healing to be able to increase our income, which is why I always tell people like, I want to teach you how to self-care your way to financial independence because you could totally use work as a way to dissociate and avoid, and you can make money that way. <laughs> you can totally make money that way, but it eventually catches up to you. And I think it's just yes, so much. Okay. Yeah. I did not realize I was going to be attacked on the show today. So thank you. <laughs> But that's true. That's true. I, I'm a self-proclaimed workaholic who definitely uses work as a coping mechanism for stress. But let me tell you, once you stop being busy, that's just going to catch up with you. And at some point, you're going to have to realize that there is some internal work we got to do that is not going to be um, pacified or masked by busyness. And I made that intentional decision that I was going to self-care my way to financial independence because I had already knew what it was like to avoid the discomforts of my life, everything I did not like through work. And it, it caused me to be sick. Last time I was on this episode, I had just been on medical leave for nine months from teaching because my autoimmune issues had blown up. And I was using work as a way to avoid stuff. And now three years later, I've been in so much therapy. I've been so much healthy. And part of the reason that I realized I was having all this inflammation in my body was because I had PTSD. And your, your girl was not out here trying to deal with the PTSD. Instead, she was working and avoiding it as much as she could. So I decided this time around, it wasn't going to be that way. I was going to build wealth and I was going to feel all my feelings and think all the thoughts. And I was going to do it poco a poco, but I was going to do it in a way that was healing versus numbing. Mm. So now that we have framed where this conversation is going to go, I want to know what was that first like inkling for you that you're like, oh, damn, there's some work I need to do. And it's not about saving an emergency fund or investing. Like we got to get back in touch with who we are as human and find out what the hell's going on. I wanted to get a divorce. It was 2021. In 2020, husband had and I had increased our income, but he was the breadwinner, which was hard for me. And I talked about that before too. It was very hard for me because I realized now that I'd become hyper-independent, not just independent, hyper-independent and relying on anyone was very challenging for me, especially financially. But I didn't know that back then. In 2021, we just started fighting and it was the midst of the pandemic. We have two kids at home. They're with us full time. Husband's working from home and we're just fighting every three months. I'm saying the D word, divorce. And I'm looking at him and I'm telling him, it's you. You're the problem. You're the problem because I'm already in individual therapy. So I'm already working on myself. It must be you. It must be you. And we decided to do couples therapy. And in couples therapy, the first three months, we weren't getting anywhere. There was still a lot of conflict. It was hard. The couples therapist would tell me like, oh, you know, you got to engage in this reflective listening. You got to you got to be vulnerable. You got to share how you're feeling. 
And I realized how hard that was for me. And I was like, fuck, I might be the problem too. (laughs) It might not just be him after all. And at that moment, I was like, all right, so what if I just approach the rest, all areas of my life, instead of pointing at my finger at everyone, really taking ownership of me? What is my shit that I'm running from, that I'm hiding from? What makes me feel so uncomfortable and vulnerable? And instead, let me increase my capacity to feel all the feels, think all the thoughts, so that I could really be present in my life. That's so real. Like, And I think it's so contrary to how we're taught how to operate as Latinos. Like, we got to be the strong, silent ones, especially as women. It's like, don't you dare show emotion, vulnerability. What the hell is that? That's not even a, I don't even know if there's a word for that in Spanish. I'm going to have to Google it (laughs) because I'm pretty sure there's not. But it's just like, first, giving yourself permission to do that work can feel, I imagine, isolating. Because I know for me, when I decided I need to go to therapy, I need to start addressing mental health issues. I'm like, I can't be telling my family about this. They're going to be talking about mira la loca, mira loca esta, doing white people shit, getting therapy. Were those thoughts present for you too? I remember telling my dad I couldn't go to like some family event because I had therapy. And he said, what happened to your back? And I was like, oh, it's not my back. He's like, your knee? Is your knee acting up again? And I was like, nah. And he was like, then what is it? Are you getting a divorce? And at that time, I wasn't even in couples therapy. And I was like, nah, it's just me, you know, like my trauma. And he was okay. And like, he just didn't ask any more questions. It was just like avoided. And that was like the one person that I shared with and everyone else. I just didn't mention it until I started talking so much about it on Instagram, because ultimately a key thing to my financial independence journey has been my healing journey. I would not have been able to increase my income so much. Husband wouldn't have been able to increase his income so much had we not dealt with these communication issues, these trauma issues that we were dealing with. And I tell you, like, I realized I had a problem, problem, because I was already doing couples therapy for three months. And then I remember I told my kids we were going to get a divorce, Janice. I think they were like eight and five at the time. And I was like, we're getting a divorce. And that's when I realized like, Ay, Rita Soledad Fernandez Paulino. Like you really have to learn how to self-regulate. You need to realize what your baseline is and when you're activated. I had no idea what it meant, like what an activated nervous system felt like in my body. But I knew that once I reached a certain level, I was fucking dangerous. And I had to learn. I had to learn to realize when I was activated, how to regulate my nervous system before I could even start communicating with husband. And that was a lot of internal work. Yeah, that's revolutionary work. You know, you are healing ancestral trauma. And that work needs to be done because otherwise you're going to keep passing that shit down generation to generation. So I want to know how this journey to healing now ties into your financial independence journey. Like how has it physically manifested in your finances that you can make that direct correlation? It's how I teach people, my one-on-one clients or people in Wealth Baratos Academy to build wealth, right? Like I tell them, you have to create safety for yourself and your thoughts, You have to know your numbers, increase your financial literacy, and increase your income. And those things, facing your numbers and, you know, increasing your financial literacy and increasing your income can be very activating to people. It can make people get them feel uncomfortable. And so that's why it's so important to be able to create safety for yourself with your thoughts. You have to be able to notice when you are out of your resilience zone. I always tell people you cannot step out of your comfort zone 
when you're not even in your resilient zone. And I think a lot of people don't even know what, like, what does that even mean? Because we're so acostumbrados to be in this like heightened stage or even this low stage. I guess it's like depression and exhaustion and fatigue is your baseline or the opposite manic, inquietaness, like you can't even sit still. That's your baseline. And really for me, what I know now, when I ask myself, like, am I in my resilience zone? Then I know it's okay. Well, am I in alignment? If I'm feeling capable, powerful, and deserving, then I'm in alignment. If I'm in alignment, I'm in my resilience zone. But if I'm doubting myself, if I'm too scared to take action, if I'm spiraling, spending more time thinking about something than doing something, I'm out of alignment. And instead, I choose to pause and engage in self-care, not push through. And some people will just be like, oh, let me just keep on going. Let me just keep on going. Let me focus on all these actions. And I'm like, that life ain't for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so real. Okay, so when you say the word self-care, right, because that has become so trendy, I mean, it could be everything from like going to a spa to like doing yoga or some shit. What does self-care actually look like for you or your clients? Well, first, it's basic shit, everybody, but it's so basic that I don't even think a lot of us are doing it. So are you eating healthy, nutritious meals on a regular schedule so that your blood sugars are regulated? Or are you waking up and going so long to eat not even noticing because you're like, oh, I'm just running on my coffee. Like that's an issue. Are you staying hydrated? Are you drinking enough water? When you go pee, if your pee's yellow, that's not mellow. I don't want to be able to see the color of your pee, mi gente. We need to stay hydrated. Okay. So that's like some basic stuff. But then also like being in your body. If you do a quick body scan and you close your eyes and you, you focus your attention on your head and your neck, on your shoulders and each part of your body, like where are you holding tension? Where is it aching? Are you stretching to alleviate that? Or are you just pushing through? So on a physical level, an emotional level, and then your ability, how are you talking to yourself? Because you can be out here doing the mostest, but if in your head, you're like, you're still not enough. You're still not worthy. Oh my goodness. So-and-so does it so much better than you. And you're in this whole comparison trap. Like that's not self-care. That's not self-love. So I would say your physical, paying attention to your physical size, paying attention to how you talk to yourself. And then I also always tell my clients to engage in the seven types of rest. This is something from Dr. Sondra Dalton-Smith. She has a TED talk about this and there's seven types of rest. And like, sometimes people feel really sleepy or exhausted, but they don't necessarily know why. And it's because you're not engaging in all the different types of rest that are available to you. Physical rest, creative rest, social rest, emotional rest, mental rest, spiritual rest, and una más that I can't remember. But these are the things that like, that's true self-care. And of course, like sometimes self-care, you know, I think about like in my twenties, I used to love to go get my nails done and that was my self-care. But now I look at it as it was my opportunity to have some quiet time. It was mental rest. It wasn't when I was thinking or producing or creating thing, anything. I was just focused on being. And that's what getting my nails done did or getting my hair done. It was also meant that I had time away from my kids. And so getting your alone time and understanding whatever your self-care practice is, what needs are you really meeting? Yeah, absolutely. And that is going to take uh, deliberate, intentional practice because I wasn't taught about self-care. Like I still can't take naps and I'm almost 40 years old because I was literally traumatized as a kid that napping is fucking lazy. So thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's real. I know like for me, something like it was very hard for me to cry. I wouldn't ever have that release of emotion because I grew up hearing solamente una lágrima. 
um, para de llorar, ponte a trabajar. So for me, it was like, you know, we're not supposed to cry. We're supposed to hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And husband still teases me to this day because he can't tell. Like, I have to tell people I'm crying right now because I can have like a tear drop down and nobody knows. Like, I am a gangster, silent crier. <laughs> that is gangster as fuck, um, but totally relatable as well. Okay, so you are of the belief that managing your thoughts is key to managing your finances. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, look, mi gente, to build wealth, it's easy. You maximize your extra cash flow, take that extra cash flow, make sure that that money is making you money, preferably when you're sleeping. You need more money to be investing, whether that's in the stock market, in real estate, in any other forms of money generating activities. But what's going to get in the way of you making more money and having that extra cash flow? Well, if you're not in your resilience zone and you're all stressed out, you're going to avoid looking at your personal finance numbers. You are not going to think about ways to increase your income because in your mind, you're going to be like, I can't handle anything else. Something that's so common with my clients is everyone thinks making more money means more work. And what I've noticed is that here I am in my life making the most money I've ever made and working three days a week. Like I'm actually working the least amount. And so that's something I just want, like, if that's a thought that you have in your head, like, oh, I can't apply for a promotion. I can't job hop because it means more work. Baby, that's just a thought. It ain't serving you. Bafuera, because it's going to impact your actions and your actions are going to impact your financial results. Yeah. And just something as simple as not having the self-confidence to advocate for yourself for a raise at work, like that's self-sabotage. And it starts with you not feeling worthy of being paid the amount of money that you want to get paid. So it's like, are you being the roadblock or are you letting other people decide shit for you? And most of the time it's us that don't even put ourselves out there for opportunities because we don't feel that we're worthy. And like all within context también, right? Because ultimately is there's the trauma of colonization. There's the trauma of racism, the trauma of the patriarchy, the trauma of homophobia, transphobia, all of that that impacts what we think we're worthy of, capable of, deserving of. So this is why I'm saying like so much of my journey to financial independence has required healing, has required going to therapy, has required unpacking these thoughts and beliefs that I had about myself that are not aligned with the life that I want and that I just deserve. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about investing because you invest and you teach your clients how to do so. What are some of the common triggers or like traumas that people have around investing and how do you help them work through it? I would say I have two types of clients. I have clients who have a lot of money saved and they think they're really good with money because they're saving it. And they're losing the value of their dinero to inflation. And I mean, I've come across people who have multiple thousands and thousands of dollars in a checking account, not even in a savings account. And even transferring it into a high yield savings account is really hard for them because of the trauma that loved ones have experienced with financial institutions, whether it be here in the United States or in the motherland, wherever the motherland is. So that's something that gets in the way of people setting up systems, really protecting their money from inflation. The fact that it's new, it's unfamiliar. Once you start learning, increasing your financial literacy, then it's just literally a financial transaction. It's like putting the money, sending it over and automating it. 
However, first you have to hold space for those emotions, that fear and all of that resistance, because you don't want to gaslight yourself. You don't want to shame yourself into change. You can choose to be like, validate it, validate those emotions and say, yeah, it makes sense that you're nervous. It's okay to be nervous. That's okay. And at the same time, it's safe. It's safe to invest. I know Janice is investing. I know Soledad is investing. I know everyone in their mama. Well, not everyone in their mama, but some people online. Other people are investing. And hold space for those emotions and then take action poco a poco. I always say poco a poco todo con tiempo because you don't want to shock yourself so much that you withdraw. And I think that happens to people. Then I have clients who is a lot of emotional spending. They're engaging in a lot of emotional spending because they are not engaging in self-care. They're not in their resilience zone. They're not like baseline feeling neutral and they're always activated, but they don't even know. They don't know. So they engage in a lot of emotional spending and they don't necessarily have the extra cash flow to put into debt payoff or savings or investing. And for those clients, what we work on is creating self-care routines first, just having them sit in their bodies and noticing physically what does it feel like to be neutral? What does that feel like? And once you know that feeling, how are you protecting yourself from not feeling that? What are your energy leaks? What are the, is it children crying in the middle of the night that's impacting your sleep? Is it that you're always doing the dishes and cooking and so you're too tired? Is it the, the laundry or putting away the clothes? Is it your employer, your siblings, your parents? There's all these forms of energy leaks and we have to figure out where the energy leaks are coming from and then set boundaries so that you can start protecting your energy get you in your resilience zone, and then you'll actually have the mental capacity to check in with your numbers and follow a self-care spending plan. I'm so glad you mentioned the word boundaries because I think for Latinos, that's a very new term too. And it can feel, personally for me, it's been a struggle trying to not be the savior all the time because I'm no longer in a position that I'm struggling. And sometimes it's like, I feel like when you're the first person to come out and to like make it and the struggle is not the everyday experience anymore, you almost feel like this sense of obligation to solve everybody's shit, even when that's not going to serve them. And I'm curious what your thoughts are around that topic. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Been there, done that, <laughs> over it, afuera, not working for me, not serving me. Because ultimately, I, what I realized is I had to evaluate what I was believing about my loved ones, about the people in my circle. If I was able to go to therapy, engage in this healing work, face all my demons, my PTSD is real shit. That means like sometimes in the middle of the night, I'm screaming, my jaws locked, my heart is like palpitations. And if I'm having flashbacks during the daytime, and this is real for me, this is like December and January, I was experiencing this. That was hard. But if I can grow and increase my capacity to feel all of that, 
it made me think other people can too. And it's a choice. And I realized that when people are not engaging that, it's just they don't feel safe yet or they don't necessarily have the resources. And I think sometimes we have money and we think, oh, money is going to fix everything. And part of what I had to accept was I was offering a pay for everybody to go to therapy and people still didn't want to go to therapy. So I was like, oh, okay, this is where you are in your journey right now. Poco a poco, con tiempo, I believe that you're going to get somewhere else. And all I can do is focus on my healing, dealing with my shit. Because that's another thing. I realized a way that I would avoid and dissociate from my own problems was by focusing on helping everybody else. So just like I could point the finger blaming other people, I could also avoid what I needed to work on by thinking I was there to help everyone. And it's like, girl, me puedes dormir bien, but you're over here telling everybody, oh, let me help you. How can I help you? Duermate. (laughs) (laughs) That is so real. Oh my God. Okay. So I want to ask you because you and your husband are pursuing financial independence together. And when you started this journey, you were a stay-at-home mom, right? Like you did not have income coming in. So how does one convince the partner who's earning income to be like, hey, I'm going to take over the finances of the family and like set us up for early retirement? What was that conversation like? Yeah. And it's funny because you've asked me this question like a few times, even on IG Lives. And I always think like, y'all in a relationship where that's not even a thing? Like, honey, like you guys are fighting about money. That's not cute. That's the problem. It was literally a simple thing. I was like, hey, I'm learning all this stuff. I'm going to be the CFO of the familia. Okay, cool. What do you want for dinner? It's that simple. But if it isn't, then that shows you that y'all have some healing to do. Is machismo something that a value in your family that you're upholding? Because then maybe that's why it's interrupting with your money conversations. Are you carrying like the dynamics that you saw your parents engage in when it came to money and you're carrying that into your relationship and you're upholding the same type of gender norms? I mean, even like queer people will also have issues in terms of talking about money. And I think the biggest thing is like you have to increase your capacity to feel uncomfortable. You have to increase your capacity to feel vulnerable and have conversations. And I will say that I was okay being a stay-at-home parent the first year. I wasn't thinking so much about the money stuff because I thought this fucking family owes me. They owe me forever and ever because my pregnancies were complicated. You know, I was sick. I was like, I do the mostest around here. Like I literally do the mostest so that I don't bring in any income. I'm saving this family hundreds and thousands of dollars. So I was like, fine. It was when I started my business And I wasn't generating as much revenue in my business. And I realized I needed to hire childcare and I needed to hire a housekeeper. That's where I struggled because I felt like, man, I don't even make enough money to replace me in this family. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. And husband did not have an issue with it, but I did. And that's just capitalism, right? We have these ideas of our worthiness being tied to like revenue. I was also like, oh, I'm going to create all this debt for my family. I was choosing to have that thought. And then eventually I just realized like, this isn't an investment in getting the support that I need to have the life that I want. And yeah, it took me six months to finally be able to cover the cost of childcare with my business. But it literally, things changed when I decided I wasn't going to let that be an issue anymore. The second I said, eh, it's okay, all of a sudden money came my way. Isn't that wild how that happens? It's almost like you just invite the universe in. 
when you decide that that's what I need, that's the life infrastructure I need, come and facilitate that in some way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I remember my brother, he was like, so you have childcare and you have a housekeeper and you have this little business. How much money do you make? And I would just be like, shut the fuck up. Because what other response are you going to give people when they say stuff? And I think I was like very explicit about having that energy with my brother that everyone else wasn't going to question me that way. But it didn't matter because those were still my thoughts, right? I was like, oh my goodness, this is what everyone's thinking. And I had to care less about that. I had to focus more. And I had to focus more on the belief in myself, the belief in the ideas that I had, the offers and how I wanted to help people and knew that it was only a matter of time that my income was like, Wealth Para Todos is going to retire husband one day. Like, I know it. And I, I the growth of Wealth Para Todos in three years, like year one, $850 in revenue. Year two, $44,000 in revenue. Year three, $103,000 in revenue. Like, that's some fast growth. That's fast growth. I don't have a business degree. I was, have a master's in math education. I was a teacher, an educational consultant. And here I started my business monetizing my skills. And now I tell all of you, my company is going to retire both of us and it's going to pay for our house in full one day. I am obsessed with your whole story because I've watched it happen in real time. And it's just like, yo, the power of showing up for yourself time and time again is unmatched. Okay. And I want you to talk to the new baby entrepreneurs who are in that year one of the $850 revenue and give them like your best advice because you've lived it. This is not that far removed. You still remember what that was like and the all the self-doubt and all the shit that comes up. How did you stay motivated to be like, I'm going to do this for another year and I'm going to see where this goes? Invest in the support that you need. I hired Kat Del Carmen. That's my business coach. And I made the, I mean, like at that point, I had like $30,000 in revenue and I had turned 35 years old and I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to be making at least six figures because really you pay yourself half of whatever your revenue is. So I needed to know. And I was like, I'm going to give it one more year. I was like, I'll give it one more year. And I told Kat, I'm going to pay you $10,000 to, I'm going to work with you for six months, $10,000. And you're going to teach me how to make six figures. She was like, yeah. And sure enough, like I always tell Kat, like my goal is to be like her biggest success story because any investment that I make, I'm always thinking, what is the ROI on that investment? And we get to control that when we're investing in ourselves. This is like better than the stock market. Like you can say, I'm going to work with this person. I'm going to 10X that investment. I'm going to 20X this investment. Hiring this support in a virtual assistant or whatever, or childcare or, you know, a housekeeper, getting all the support that you need and you decide how you're going to multiply that investment. That's the biggest shift for me. I said, one, I'm worthy of support. Two, my money is, it's investing in my support. It's not in debt. It's not anything. I mean, like even right now, I have 0% credit card that I took out to pay for the rebrand of Wealth Para Todos. And right now I'm already like $20,000 of the rebrand process. But I think my future self that is making 450K, 20,000 is like, oh, it's nothing. And so you have to choose to make investments in yourself that your future self is going to thank you for. And yeah, right now it's uncomfortable and it's scary because there's this level of uncertainty. Stop focusing on the uncertainty and just focus on like, okay, 
My 100K self, what actions are they taking? My 200K self, what actions are they taking? And really believe in your ability to help people transform people's lives with whatever your offer, product, services. That's such powerful advice. And I can absolutely attest that that has been super transformational for me too. And I think as women, we are very much programmed not to ask for help. And I think especially as mothers, there's so much judgment on women who are moms who decide to like outsource anything in the home. And I'm wondering like what your advice is for those people who are just like feeling the guilt of saying, I don't want to be fucking super mom. I like, I want to feel like I have an identity outside of motherhood and I need to facilitate resources and support that allow me to do that. First, I want to validate again, everything that you're feeling is real. And that guilt, that guilt doesn't come from you. It comes from the voices that have raised you. It comes from the media. It comes from movies and films. That's not your voice. I would ask you to check if you're in alignment. If in this moment you don't feel capable, deserving, and powerful, then you're not in alignment. Get yourself to baseline. And I believe that your true self is going to be like, who gives a fuck who folds my chonies? Who gives a fuck who's like vacuuming and even picking up the kids from school? There's other ways that you can build a life. This weekend, I'm, I was like, oh, I want to go to Pismo Beach. I want my kids to see the monarch butterflies. So I've just planned a little trip. And I was like, oh, we're leaving for the weekend. We're staying at an Airbnb. And my kids know like, oh, cada vez en cuando, my mom out of nowhere says, family time. Hardcore family time. We're just going to focus on that. So you get to decide what type of parent you want to be. You want to be the parent who's like known for folding the chonies? Or do you want to be the parent who has the money to go to Disneyland? More importantly, the energy to go to Disneyland. Because that's a lot of walking. That's facts. There's a reason why I have not yet gone to Disney and I've been living here in Florida for five years. I'm like, yo, that shit feels exhausting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much like radical self-care that you're speaking about in this entire conversation that just, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to this that feel hella uncomfortable because it just, it's not what they've seen modeled. And so I would love for you to talk to the people who are like struggling to even wrap their heads around, I don't know if I could do this like financial independence thing. This feels like it's for other people. It's not for me. There's just too much shit stacked against me. I have too much fucking trauma. Like, that's great. I love your advice all that, but this is completely fucking irrelevant to me and my experience. Oh, this can make me cry because that was me. That was me three years ago. Listening, starting to read books about the financial independence journey, attending workshops, learning and thinking, nah, nah, nah. Y'all don't have kids. Nah, nah, nah. You don't have autoimmune issues. Nah, nah, nah. You don't have $10,000 in medical bills. Nah, nah, nah. You don't live in California where the cost of living is so expensive. I get it. I know what it's like to show up in spaces, hear something, and you're like, yeah, but it can't be me because of da 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 da. And I just decided that I was like, well, what if it could be me? Like, what would that look like? And that's just been my journey. A few years ago, I was like, what if I could retire early? What if I could max out a Roth IRA? What if I could open up a taxable brokerage account because I've already maxed out every tax advantage account? Let's just try. Let's just see. And I didn't put this pressure on myself of like, oh, I have to. I mean, like last year, I didn't reach my investment goals. I was like, okay, so I didn't reach them last year, but I learned lessons. And I want to be open 
to trying. I want you to be open to learning the lessons that are going to get you the results that you want. Because ultimately, collect skills. Before you start collecting money, collect skills, collect beliefs, collect thoughts that empower you. And those thoughts of not me, it's not empowering you. I'd love to know if you have some sort of mantra or affirmation that you live by, because I feel like as someone who does so much mindset work, there's got to be something up your sleeve that you're just like, this is the thing I hold on to. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, how do you pick one? <laughs> exactly. Because let me show you. I don't know if you could see like my, my door over here. Like I am always, always, always creating thoughts that serve me all the time. This morning. I can open up my journal and I can share with you thoughts that came out. But I would say like the big ones, poco, poco, todo con tiempo. My wellness is essential to the collective. I'm in demand. I value rest and recovery. I don't push through. I pause to self-care. Those are like the ones that I'm just like always. But I also, because this is going to be on YouTube, I hope everybody tunes into the YouTube version of this talk. You can see like this morning, me going through my thoughts and I spend some time every morning just what are the thoughts that are going to serve me? And also like acknowledging the thoughts that don't serve me. So last night I was saying, I feel stressed about things I need to do. I hate feeling like I'm leaving my clients hanging. I hate feeling like I have so much to do and no time to do it. I wrote that down. And then real quick, I was like, you were sick, baby girl. You were sick. You're still recovering. You operate in divine time means listening to your body. It means I'm pausing for self-care and not pushing through. Operating in divine time means celebrating everything you did do instead of focusing on what you didn't do. Operating in divine time means breathing deeply and slowly. And then I fell asleep. That's it. <laughs> Sometimes it's really just giving yourself permission to get all that shit that's in your head out, which is not something that we're taught how to do too, right? It's just like sweep everything under the rug, deal with your emotions by pretending like they don't exist. And I promise you, y'all, they don't go away. Okay. You're going to be confronted either intentionally because you decide like I'm going to handle my shit or you know, whoever, whatever you believe in is going to force you onto that healing path. And sometimes it manifests itself as illness, as tragedy, as a fucking mental health crisis, whatever it is, you won't have to deal with your shit. So it's like pick a poison. You're either going to intentionally do it or you're going to be forced to sit your ass down and do it. So what are we going to choose? And I had to, I was forced repeatedly. I mean, I was 16 years old the first time I was in a wheelchair. Two years later that I was in a hospital, like I was getting sick every few years, every two years, I wouldn't be able to move. And doctors like, oh, what's wrong with her? Get the end it, get the end it. And I realized like, no, I don't want, I remember when my kid who's now eight years old said, I want to tell you something bad that happened to me at school, but I'm afraid it's going to make you sick. And I thought, shit. My kid is already realizing what it's like to have a parent who's dealing with all these health issues. And I was just like, no, I'm going to figure out why I keep getting sick. I'm going to solve this. You choose to focus on healing the parts of you that are the hardest. Everything else is easy. When you decide, you know what, I'm going to figure out my communication with my parents and learn how to set boundaries with them. I am going to leave this relationship or I'm going to do marriage counseling to fix this relationship. I am going to set clear boundaries about my pronouns and make sure that people respect my non-binary child. All the things you do, that hard work, maxing out your Roth IRA losses when you're sleeping. That's just a couple clicks of a button, okay? <laughs> Yeah. So I want to know before I let you go, first off, what is the ultimate vision for financial independence? Like, what do you see yourself and your family doing once you've reached that milestone? And what is that milestone for you, by the way? Denise, I could just keep living my life the way I'm living it right now and I'm good. That's it. 
Isn't that the goal? Yeah. There's no more, oh, when this happens, then I'm going to do this. No, I'm learning to rest now. I'm learning to have fun now. I'm getting the support that I need now. I'm creating beautiful memories with my family now. And I would say my biggest goal is just making sure more people can say that too. I want us all to build wealth juntos. Like it's cool. It's cute that it's me, but I want this for all of us. That's my bigger goal now. But me, my life, I'm good. (laughs) I totally resonate with that too. It's like once you've made it and you've actually are living the life that you imagine, you want to create a community of people that can also enjoy that. And so you're actually doing that through your company, through your coaching. Tell us how people can work with you and where we can find you. So there's two ways that people can work with me. You can work with me for six months, one-on-one coaching, or you could join my membership program, which is Wealth Baratos Academy. If you work with me one-on-one, you automatically get access to Wealth Baratos Academy, where we meet live four times a month, where you get coaching on knowing your numbers, you get thought work group coaching, we get workshops on financial literacy and increasing your income, and that happens every single month. I provide you with different tools to manage your money, to track your network, to pay off your debt, and to work with me, the requirement is that you have to be willing to 10x your investment. So to work with me for six months right now, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast episode, I promise you by the time you listen to this, my prices have already gone up. But right now, it's 6K for six months. If you're going to work with me, you have to 10x your investment. I want to see that you've used at least $60,000 to pay off debt, save, invest, or spend on self-care. I track whether people are spending on self-care too. Because that's a skill. That's a skill that unfortunately so many of us have to learn because capitalism. And for Wealth Baratos Academy, the goal is also that you 10x your investment and you use money in that way too. Absolutely. And where can we find you on social? You can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. On Instagram, I'm at Wealth Para Todos. Check out my website, wealthparatodos.com, and join my newsletter. I send out weekly emails, little love notes. They're the best, by the way. Her newsletter is like chef's kiss. So please go and subscribe to that. We're going to make sure to link all of the resources that Soledad mentioned in the episode show notes. And girl, I just want to say from like amiga to amiga, I'm so fucking proud of you. Like you are the living example of somebody who just decides like, I want more and I'm going to make that shit happen. I'm going to create doors where none exist. I'm not going to allow myself to perpetuate generational trauma. And I'm going to be a living example of what is freaking possible. So hats off to you. All Thanks to us. I'll celebrate for both of us. All the flowers, babe. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me again. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start. That's yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.